ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سنأول عن حديث ابو مسعود عقبه بن عامر الأنصار البدر رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن مما أدرك الناس من كلام النبوة الأولى إذا لم تستحي فاصنع ما شئت رواه البخاري إن هذا الحديث the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned inna mimma adraka nasu min kalamin nubuwati lula that from the affairs that came uh, from the, the prophetic speech to the people idha lam tastahi if you don't have any shame fasna' ma shit then do whatever you please if you have no shame then do as you please Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, هذا حديث عظيم This is a great hadith. قال فيه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, إذا لم تستحي If you have no humility, you have no shame. Because الحياء خصلة عظيمة Having shame or humility, then this is a great characteristic to have. تمنع الإنسان من الأشياء التي لا تليق به من الصفاصف والرذائل Having this characteristic or this description of shame and humility Then it stops a person, prevents a person from engaging in degrading acts Acts that are disgraceful, acts that are degrading A person is prevented from engaging or practicing or falling into degrading and despicable and disgraceful acts due to the shame that he feels and the humility that he has. So it's a great characteristic in that respect. And similarly, having this shame and humility, it prevents a person from falling into evil behavior and evil morals and manners due to that humility and shame that you have. فَالَّذِي يَسْتَحِي يَمْتَنِعْ مِمَّا لَا يَلِيقُ So a person who has some shame, has some humility, then he prevents himself from falling into that which is not suitable, that which is not appropriate. He stops himself from doing acts that are not appropriate, that are unsuitable, that are degrading and disgraceful. He stops himself due to this characteristic that he has, due to this description of humility and this shame that a person has. Because this shame and humility stops you from doing those degrading acts. And it's for those reasons that this shame and humility, this characteristic is actually an aspect of Iman. This is actually an aspect of Iman. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in a hadith that having this shame or humility, it is 
an aspect of iman. It is a level of iman. As the Prophet said, وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ The haya, this modesty, humility, shame, then it is a level from the levels of iman, or a branch from iman. فَالَّذِي لَا يَسْتَحِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى ضَعْفِ إِيمَانِهِ وَالَّذِي يَسْتَحِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى كَمَالِ إِيمَانِهِ So the one who has some humility and modesty and shame, this indicates, this indicates the perfection of his iman. This indicates the goodness of his iman, that he has shame and humility and modesty. And he doesn't go and engage and do things that are disgraceful and degrading. That shows that he has this iman in his heart. As for an individual who does not, he does not have any shame or humility he doesn't have any of those characteristics and he goes and does what he wants, does all types of disgraceful acts, then this shows the weakness of his iman, shows the weakness of his iman if he goes and does all types of things that are haram, that are impermissible, that are shameless acts. Then an individual goes and performs them, this shows the weakness in his iman. Because this characteristic of humility and modesty and shame is a characteristic of iman, وَقَوْلُهُ And the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, إِذَا لَمْ تَسْتَحِي فَاصْنَعْ مَا شِئْتِ That if you don't have any shame, then do as you please. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned here, إِذَا لَمْ تَسْتَحِي فَاصْنَعْ مَا شِئْتِ If you have no shame, then go and do as you please. هَذَا مِنْ بَابِ التَّهْدِيدِ مِثْلَ قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ this is like a challenge or a threat. This is something that is not being mentioned as a choice. It's not something which is being mentioned as a free choice. If you want, then go and do what you want. Of course not. But this is being mentioned in a manner to educate the person and to cause him to realize how disgraceful it is to perform those types of acts. For him to realize that if he goes and performs those types of acts, then he has no shame. He has no shame, and that is something dispraiseworthy. So that's why it says here, now the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, if you have no shame, then go and do as you please. If you have no shame, then go and do what you want. So this is a means of rebutting that person. It's a rebuttal upon that person, because that is a dispraiseworthy characteristic. For you not to have any shame and to go and do all types of disgraceful acts. And that is similar to the ayah in the Quran, in Surah Al-Kahf, ayah number 29. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ That whomsoever wishes then believe, and whomsoever wishes then disbelieve. This is not an option that is being given. It is not an option that Allah is giving if you want to disbelieve then go and disbelieve. Of course, that is not the meaning of the ayah. Rather, again, it's a rebuttal. That if you have no shame and you have no fear, then go and disbelieve. If you have no fear of the punishment and you have no fear of the hereafter, then go and disbelieve. So it's a type of threat. It's a type of challenge. Or a type of rebuttal and a threat to this person to not engage in those acts. فَلَيْسَ تَخْيِيرًا لَهُ أَنَّهُ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ so this isn't a choice 
that if you have no shame, then go and do what you want. Meaning you have a choice. It's up to you. Go do what you want if you want. That isn't the meaning of the hadith. وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ تَهْدِيدٌ It's more like a threat. فَالْحَيَاءُ خَصْلَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ يَمْنَعُ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ كُلِّ رَذِيلَةٌ وَيَسُونُهُ مِنْ كُلِّ مَذَمَّةٌ So having this shame and humility and modesty is something which prevents and protects a person from all of the disgraceful acts. And it maintains and protects the person from the degrading activities. وَأَمَّا إِذَا فُقِدَ الْحَيَاءُ فَهُوَ مُصِيبَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ as for when a person loses his shame, he has no shame, then this is a great calamity. Then the Shaykh mentions, فَالرَّجُلُ الَّذِي لَا يَسْتَحِي So a person who doesn't have any shame, لَا يَتَحَاشَ الْكَذِبِ وَلَا يَتَحَاشَ سَيِّئَ الْأُمُورِ وَالسَّفَاسِفَ وَالرَّذَائِلِ وَلَا يَمْتَنِعْ عَنْ شُرْبِ الْخَمْرِ وَالزِّنَى وَالسَّرِقَ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ a person who has no shame, he's not going to prevent himself from the degrading and evil acts. So he'll go and he'll lie. And he won't find an issue with that. He'll go and lie. He has no shame. He lies. And he goes and engages in the other types of degrading and disgraceful acts. And he has no shame and he goes and does that. He has no shame and he goes and performs those evil and disgraceful activities. And he perhaps maybe goes and drinks alcohol. He goes and drinks alcohol. He has no shame. He has no shame, he doesn't realize, or he doesn't care about the punishment, and how this is a haram act. And he goes and he performs that and he drinks alcohol, or he commits fornication, or he steals. This is what happens to an individual who has no shame, who has no humility, has no characteristic that is mentioned here. فَهَذَا فِيهِ الْحَثُّ عَلَى الْأَدَبُ وَالتَّخَلُّقُ بِالْحَيَاءُ this therefore is an encouragement to us to have this characteristic of humility, of shame, and to make our behavior and morals, uh, that characteristic being one of our behaviors and morals. This hadith therefore tells us the virtue of having this humility and shame. And that having this characteristic only brings goodness. Having this characteristic brings goodness to you. وَأَنَّ الَّذِي لَا يَسْتَحْيِي مَحْرُومٌ مِنْ هَذِي الْخَصْلَةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ And as for somebody who doesn't have any shame, then he is prevented from this great characteristic. فَلَا يُبَالِي بِمَا يَضُرُّهُ So then that person doesn't care, even about things that are harmful to him. Things that are harmful to him, and they could lead to punishment for him, and the displeasure of Allah, then he doesn't care. He has no shame and he goes and performs as he pleases. وَيَقْدَحُ فِي دِينِهِ And perhaps he commits acts that are degrading to his religion. They are degrading to his religion and they show how little impact or how little care he has for his religion. وَيَقْدَحُ فِي مُرُوءَتِهِ And perhaps maybe a person, he goes and commits acts that actually puncture or have an effect upon his nobility, upon his honor. He performs acts that dishonor him because he has no shame. So he goes and does things that are dishonorable to him and they remove his honor and his status or his uh, personality, the honor that he has. All of that is gone and it is removed due to his disgraceful acts. And a man, if he goes and performs these dishonorable acts, then he removes from his manlyhood. An individual, he loses his manlihood and his honor. 
that he goes and he performs disgraceful and degraded acts, degraded acts and disgraceful acts, and acts that have no shame in them. He goes and performs them, then he loses his manlihood. He loses his honor. He loses his respect due to performing acts that are disgraceful. وَهُنَاكَ احْتِمَالٌ أَنَّ الْمُرَادَ إِذَا كَانَ الْأَمْرُ لَا يُسْتَحْيَا مِنْ فِعْلِهِ فَافْعَلُوا إِنْ شِئْتَا فَهُوَ مِنْ بَابِ الْإِذْنِ لَا مِنْ بَابِ التَّهْدِيدِ There is one other meaning of this hadith, which is that maybe uh, another meaning of it as well is, that if there is a particular affair, a particular act, which is not degraded, it is not disgraceful, it is not shameless, it doesn't have those connotations to it, then you can perform it. It's allowed to go and do things that are not degrading and not disgraceful. There's a meaning to the hadith that has that type of effect also. But generally speaking, as the scholars they say, then it is that a person who does not have this characteristic of humility and shyness and shame, then he will end up performing all types of evil acts, all type of degrading acts, and that is from the belittlement of himself and the dishonoring of himself. As for a person who abides by the laws of Allah, abides by the commands, the halal, and stays away from the haram and the disobedience, abides by the sunnah and tawheed, and stays away from shirk and bid'ah, because those types of things, they are destructive. Bid'ah to such an extent that the scholars, they say on the day of judgment, the pond of the Prophet wasallam, the hawd, the innovators will be removed from it and they'll not be allowed to come near it. The innovators, those who used to invent the new affairs. So a person needs to have these righteous characteristics in of himself in order to cling to the Qur'an and the Sunnah and to the obedience of Allah and to refrain from all of that which opposes that straight methodology, opposes the methodology of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Salaf. After that, then the next hadith, عن أبي عمر وقيل أبي عمره سفيان بن عبد الله قال he says قلت يا رسول الله that I said O Messenger of Allah قل لي في الإسلام قولا say a speech or some words to me in Islam لا أسأل عنه أحدا غيرك that I do not ask anyone else beside you about Tell me something about Islam that I don't have to ask anyone else besides you. قال, the Prophet ﷺ said, Say, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ استقم. Say, I have believed in Allah and then be upright. So this man came to the Prophet ﷺ, Sufyan ibn Abdullah, سَأَلَ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كَلَامًا جَامِعًا الْخَيْرِ Sufyan ibn Abdullah, he came to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him, he asked the Prophet ﷺ to give him some advice. Some advice that would be comprehensive, all-inclusive. Some advice that would lead him to goodness. Something that would lead him to goodness in the religion and practicing of the religion. So he came and he asked the Prophet ﷺ for some comprehensive advice. And he said, I want to ask you this, and I don't want to ask anyone else. I don't have to ask anyone else. I want to ask you from the Prophet ﷺ this advice that is encompassing of my religion, something that will lead me to goodness. 
وَاضِحًا فِي أُسْلُوبِهِ بِحَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى شَرْحِ And the man requested, Sufyan ibn Abdullah, that the advice the Prophet ﷺ gives him is something clear that doesn't require any other explanation. وَإِلَى مَنْ يُوَضِّحُهُ وَيُبَيِّنُهُ So it doesn't require for him to have to go and ask other people afterwards what this statement meant. So he asked the Prophet ﷺ to give him some clear-cut advice that will lead him to goodness in his religion, which is clear and apparent, and he won't need to go and ask other people afterwards what it means or how to do it. وَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم أُوتِيَ جَوَامِعِ الْكَلِمِ And no doubt the Prophet ﷺ has been given the جَوَامِعِ الْكَلِمِ as we mentioned, which was that he was the most eloquent. He could speak in just a few words, and those few words had great meanings to them. وَاللَّهُ أَقْدَرَهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet ﷺ that ability to be able to speak in a few words but with vast and great meanings. فَأَجَابَ هَذَا الرَّجُلَ بِكَلِمَتَيْنِ تَجْمَعَانِ لَهُ الْخَيْرَ كُلَّهُ So the Prophet ﷺ responded to this man with just two words. Two words that will encompass all of the goodness for him. Two words that will encompass and include all of the goodness within them. So he said to him, Say, آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ That I have believed in Allah. I have my iman in Allah. ثُمَّ يَسْتَقِيمَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ And then to be upright and firm upon that. Say that you have iman in Allah. And then be upright and firm upon that. وَهَذَا كَمَا فِي الْقُرْآنِ And this is just like it's mentioned in the Qur'an. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا That indeed those who say, indeed our Lord is Allah. They say, our Lord is Allah, ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Then after that they are upright. They are upright and established upon the religion. تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ the angels they descend upon them. Allah Tahafu Wala Tahzanu Wa Abishiru Biljanatilati Kuntum Tu Adun. Allah Tahafu do not fear. Wala Tahzanu and do not be grieving or sad. Wa Abishiru Biljanatilati Kuntum Tu Adun and have the glad tidings of the paradise that you have been promised. So here Allah mentions, those who say, we say our Lord is Allah. Our Lord is Allah. They have the iman in Allah. The tawheed, the religion of Islam. They have their iman in that. And then they are upright upon it. They stick to it. They practice it. Upon tawheed, no shirk. Upon sunnah, no bid'ah. They practice it in the proper manner and they are upright on it. Then Allah says regarding them that the angels descend upon them and say to them, do not fear. And as some of the scholars, they say the meaning of that is, do not fear into the future. Do not fear the future and what is going to occur. For the one who is upright and belief, he has the belief in Allah, the belief in the religion and he's practicing, then do not fear. And la tahzanu, don't be sad or grieved by what's gone by in the past. Whatever's happened in the past, what's gone by, then do not be grieved or saddened by that. For now, if an individual has that firm belief and iman in Allah, and he's upright and practicing it, 
And he makes tawbah for what occurred before that. Not to be saddened and grieved by that now. To make the tawbah for that and to be upright on the religion now. وَفِي الْآيَةِ الْأُخْرَى And in another ayah Allah said, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Allah said in another ayah, Indeed the ones who say, Our Lord is Allah, and then they are upright and firm upon that, then there is no fear upon them and there is no grieving. They are the companions of the paradise and they'll remain in there forever. فَاللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ أَمَرَ نَبِيَّهُ بِذَلِكَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded His Prophet with that. وَأَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And He commanded the believers to say and to have this iman in Allah and the religion and tawheed and to be upright upon that. To be established and practicing upon that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَهُ Be upright and established as you were commanded. وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ وَلَا تَضْغَوْ And those who have repented with you and do not transgress. وَقَالَ تَعَالَ لِعِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And Allah said to His believing slaves, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ Be upright and established to Allah. Practicing this religion and practicing what's halal and staying away from what's haram. Be upright, be upon the methodology of the salaf. Understanding the religion and practicing it in the correct manner, upon the evidences, not the speech of people and what this one says and what that one says, not these text messages that go around saying, pass this on to 10 people and you get this much reward, and if you don't get it, you'll get this much sin. All of that is nonsense. Most of those text messages, they will not even mention to you where the narration is from, whether it's authentic, whether it's not. They'll make something up, say this a hundred times, pass it on to a thousand people, get this reward, that reward. As Shaykh Al-Fawzani said, be aware of those types of text messages. Mostly they are passed around by people without any truth to them. And if they are truth, then they should provide very simply the reference and the statements of the scholars and the evidences for it before passing any such message on. Otherwise, as the Shaykh said, be aware because most of them, they are not true. People, they make them up some stories, some narration, some weak narration, some fabricated narration. Do this and do that and pass it on to a thousand people to get this reward. And if you don't, then there'll be this punishment. And people who didn't pass it on before they had this punishment happen. All of that is nonsense. That is not our religion. So a person, he says, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ That you have your iman in Allah, in the religion of Islam, in practicing it correctly and truthfully. Then after that, you remain upright upon that. And this iman in Allah, it is iman in the heart. And it is iman upon the tongue. And it is iman with the actual physical actions. Iman in the heart and upon the tongue and with the physical actions. وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ يُبَيِّنُ هَذَا And this hadith it clarifies that. When you say, I have believed in Allah, I have my iman in Allah, this is a statement. So the tongue it says, آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ I have my iman in Allah. وَيَكُونُ مُسْتَقِيمًا عَلَى ذَلِكَ فِي قَلْبِهِ And in your heart, you believe in that and you affirm upon that. Belief in Allah. So the heart is involved and the tongue is involved. And then after that, to actually be upright upon that statement, what do you need to do? To go and practice that. 
practice the religion of Allah, the praying five times a day, the sticking to the sunnah in all of the other affairs and refraining from bid'ah that requires physical action. So this hadith now, it refers to the heart and the tongue and the physical actions in saying that I believe in Allah and then remaining upright upon that. فَجَمَعَ لَهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْخَيْرَ كُلَّهُ فِي هَاتَيْنِ الْكَلِمَتَيْنِ So the Prophet ﷺ combined all of the goodness for this man in these two small words. Say you believe in Allah and be upright upon that. The Prophet ﷺ combined all of the goodness into these small words for this man. فَلَا يَكْفِي أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِقَلْبِهِ So it is not enough that a person believes in his heart. It's not enough that you just believe in your heart. وَلَا يَقُولُ And that you don't say it with your tongue. It is not sufficient that a person believes in his heart, but then he doesn't say it with his tongue. وَلَا يَكْفِي أَنْ يَقُولَ بِلِسَانِهِ And neither is it sufficient. It's not enough for you to just even say it with the tongue. وَلَا يَسْتَقِيمَ فِي قَلْبِهِ And for that not to be established in your heart or upon your actions. It's not just about somebody saying, Amantu Billah, I believe in Allah. Where is the belief in the heart and where is the belief in the actions in actually doing it and practicing the religion then? That's what's required for a person to say, he believes in Allah, he believes in the religion with certainty and he practices. He practices that and he is upright upon that and implements that. So there are three things the Shaykh says. There are three things that are needed. Firstly, or one of them is anutqu bil-lisan, pronouncing that with the tongue. And having that firm belief in the heart regarding it, the certainty and the iman in Allah and the religion and tawheed. And then to actually act upon that. Not just to say, I know tawheed and the religion and Islam, but then you don't bother to go and pray, you don't bother to go and do any righteousness or good actions or obedience. That is not correct. Rather, you go and do the actions as well. وَالِاسْتِقَامَةُ مَعَنَاهَا أَنْ يَكُونَ الْإِنسَانُ مُعْتَدِلًا مُسْتَقِيمًا بَيْنَ الْغَلُوبِ وَبَيْنَ التَّسَاهُلِ And being upright, it means that you are upon that middle path. You don't slacken and leave off the obedience and the actions. And at the same time, you don't go to an extreme. You don't go to an extreme and start doing things that are over and above what the religion has prescribed. You stick to that middle path of what the religion, the rulings have come with. فَلَا يَكُونُ غَالِيًا وَزَائِدًا وَطَائِشًا وَلَا يَكُونُ مُتَسَاهِلًا مُنْحَلًا بَلْ يَكُونُ مُعْتَدِلًا So a person doesn't go to the extremes with his religion. You stick to the middle path and you practice that. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ اللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى لِرَسُولِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم That's why Allah said to His Messenger فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ Be upright as you have been commanded. Not in the exaggeration some people may go to. Not in slacking as some people go to, but be upright, fastaqim kama umirta, as you have been commanded, as the religion has told you to do, the rulings that have come, the obligations that have come, you stick to those as they are. Ay kama shara'na laka, just as we have legislated for you. Thumma akkada dhalika, then Allah emphasized that even more in the Quran and said, wala tathgaw, and do not transgress. Don't go beyond the boundaries of what we've mentioned. Don't go beyond the boundaries of what's been legislated. You stick to the Qur'an and the Sunnah as it is. 
not to become slacker, not bother doing those obediences, and not to exaggerate and start doing more things and going to innovations. Rather, you stick to what is there. لِأَنَّ الْخُرُوجَ عَنِ الْإِسْتِقَامَ يَكُونُ بِأَحَدِ أَمْرَيْنِ Because being upright on the religion, that can break with two things. You being upright can fall down from two ways. Either becoming slack or going too far and exaggerating. Both of those will mean that you've lost your istiqama. You've lost your being upright and practicing the religion in the balanced way. Either becoming too slack or exaggerating and doing bid'ah and all types. فَالزِّيَادَةَ يَجِبُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ تَرْكُهَا أَمَّا النَّقْصِ فَالْإِنسَانُ عُرَضَةٌ لِلنَّقْصِ وَمَا مِنَّا أَحَدٌ يَسْلُمُ مِنَ النَّقْصِ لَكِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى جَلَّ وَعَلَى جَعَلَى لَهُ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ So when somebody exaggerates, that is not from the religion, and a person must leave the exaggeration, and if somebody falls short, you fall short of the obediences that you need to do, and all of us, we fall short. The Shaykh mentions everybody falls short sometimes, you have shortcomings in your obedience and the worship that you need to do. But if that is the case, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed for us to seek forgiveness from Allah. If we fall short, a shortcoming occurs, then we seek forgiveness from Allah. As Allah said, فَاسْتَقِيمُوا إِلَيْهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ So have the istiqama, be upright, and then seek forgiveness from Allah too. For the shortcomings that you may have. Adam All of the sons of Adam make mistakes. And the best of those who make mistakes are the ones who seek the forgiveness. They repent. Just as Allah mentioned in the Hadith Qudsi. All of you sin and make error day and night. And I forgive all of the sins. So seek my forgiveness and I will forgive you. So Allah has prescribed that a person, he attempts to be upright and practicing, but if he falls short, then you repent to Allah and you seek forgiveness. So, in the part where it mentions be upright and you'll not be able to encompass everything. Meaning, the religion is vast. And there are many commandments and many obligations. And a person may not be able to fulfill everything. A person may not be able to fulfill everything. There's always going to be some shortcoming. Because a servant, the slave of Allah, is weak. So we fall short of what's required of us. So the shaykh says upon you in that instance is to seek forgiveness. لِأَنَّ الْإِسْتِغْفَارَ يَمْحُوا مَا يَحْصُلُ مِنْكَ Because seeking forgiveness, it erases and wipes out the errors that may have occurred from you. وَيَجْبُرُ مَا يَحْصُلُ مِنْكَ مِنَ النَّقْصِ And it makes up for the shortcoming that you may have fallen into. You seek forgiveness sincerely from Allah and you repent from the action that you did and you don't want to go back to it. And whatever shortcoming you made, you make the firm intention, you'll not go to that shortcoming again. You'll fill it next time. So that makes up this forgiveness, so seeking forgiveness. So being upright, it is a great affair. So a person don't, doesn't go to extremism or fall short. So the statement of the Prophet ﷺ here, when the person said, he asked, give me some advice that will give me guidance to the upright way. 
give me guidance in my religion, give me goodness. So the Prophet said, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ Say you have iman in Allah, in the religion, in tawheed, in the commandments, in this whole affair. And then, ثُمَّ stakim. Then be upright upon that. How that encompasses everything in those small words. Say you believe in Allah and practice the religion. Say you believe in Allah, you have iman in Allah and practice the religion. This was the advice the Prophet ﷺ gave to that individual. So that is the advice that we need to practice upon ourselves. That you say, آمَنْتُ billah, You have your iman in Allah, you have your iman in the religion, and then practice it. Pray the prayers, do the righteousness, stay away from the sins and the disobedience. And that is what a person is commanded to do in this life. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah said, I did not create the jinn or the humans except to worship me. So that's what's required of an individual with regards to his practicing of the religion and with regards to the implementation of it. Carry on. Khalas, we leave you at those two hadith. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll start the next hadith next week. Uh, at the same time, approximately 7.30 inshallah ta'ala. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدُ عَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Time of death. At that time of Don't fear and don't grieve. That those statements, they are at the time of death. It's mentioned in the other uh, ayat and the hadith when the angels come to a person to take his soul and how the soul of the believer exits and how the soul of the disbeliever exits. And the disbeliever doesn't want to exit because he knows what the punishment is coming. And the believer wishes to exit and exits with ease. So those statements are mentioned. As for the disbelievers, it's mentioned how the angels at the time of death, they beat that person upon his face and upon his back. And he is to taste the punishment of the fire. And as for the believers, then they are given these glad tidings. So this, from amongst those glad tidings that a person is given at the time of death. Not to fear of what is coming now in the hereafter, because it is goodness for the person. And not to grieve over that which has gone by previously. If there's any other questions, otherwise we'll conclude the class. Inshallah, we'll leave it there. We'll carry next week then.